Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, go to the end. Where, where do you want to be? Notice, notice this principle, these words. Notice these words. This is distant future. It could be, it could be as early as tomorrow morning for some of us. That's the end. And so you have to back up to today and you have to say to yourself, I'm gonna live with the view and end. Remember, we've been trying to talk about the big picture. That's the big picture. How do we live for something when we don't even know when it is coming? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to live with the end in mind. Jesus did say that we would not know the hour or the time of his return, but we're still to live with an eternal mindset. What could be more important than eternity? Don't be deceived by the enemy today to think that this world holds anything. It is all a plea to distract people from what is most important. As you live with the end in mind, you begin to grow more spiritually, see the world better, and treat others more like Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel as he concludes with part three of his message, Another Amazing Vision, the Antichrist from the Old Testament. He was responsible to rule Israel and Syria. Again, very close in nature. Verse 10. And it grew until it reached the hosts of the heavens. And it threw some of the starry hosts down to the earth and trampled on them. So here we see Antiochus' pride as he's willing to do two things. He's willing to basically trample, persecute, fight against the Jews, God's people. And to be honest, he just soon fight against God. He thinks he's that. In fact, he gave himself a name and he put it on coins. I am God manifest most glorious. Talk about blasphemy. Call himself God. Now, what is the Antichrist going to do during the tribulation? The very same thing as I told you. He's going against the Jewish people and trying to get the people of the earth to worship him and dish God. The very same thing. Now, when Antiochus came, exactly what's going to happen during the tribulation, uh, he wanted to eliminate the Jewish culture, to do away with religious practices, to replace the worship of God Jehovah with the pagan god Zeus and have people worship him. Now, we live in a culture today. What, what, what are they trying to do to Christian culture in the United States today? Eliminate it. Absolutely eliminate it. In our day, not during the tribulation, right now. 
Everything we stand for, everything is biblical. They're, they're chipping away, they're chipping away, they're chipping away and trying to do all of that. That shouldn't surprise us because we're grafted in. We're God's people. Who's behind all of that? Is it the Republicans or the Democrats? No, who's behind that? Satan. Now, what do we do? We do just like Daniel. We stand firm for what's right. We don't get political because political isn't going to solve it. Only salvation and people coming to Christ is going to solve that. And is it going to solve it on this earth? No, it isn't going to solve it on it. Pastor, if we're going to get better, everything's going to be perfect. God's going to come first. We'll have a perfect world. Everybody's saved. I don't know what Bible you've been reading, but that ain't coming. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And yet when it's dark, a little bit of light is light. So don't get discouraged tonight. This has all been in the past for us. For Daniel, it's in the future. Now, look at verse 11. It set itself up to be as great as the commander of the army of the Lord. That's what he was doing. It took away, he's talking about Antiochus. It took away, and you don't have to think about this because I'm going to put a list up what he did. It took away the daily sacrifice from the Lord and a sanctuary was thrown down. Because of rebellion, the Lord's people and the daily sacrifice were given over to it. It prospered in everything it did, and truth, if you like to write in your Bible, that's the Bible. The Bible was thrown to the ground. Now, from history, we know what Antiochus did. During the time he was there in Israel with the Jewish people, he slaughtered 80,000 Jewish men, women, boys, girls, and infants. 80,000. Just killed him. Next, he sold 40,000 Jews into slavery. We know this from history, exactly. He burned the Hebrew scriptures. Now, why would he do that? We don't know whether they were Torah, whether they had roll scrolls, whatever. Of course, they didn't have the Gideon Bibles. That's why the Bible is so important. Satan hates the word of God. And if we don't give, and if we don't read, if we don't study, the world doesn't ever get the Bible. They need, some people just open the Bible. The Gideons have so many testimonies of it. And people just get saved by reading the Bible because it's alive. It comes right off the pages to them. Now, he prohibited the circumcision of male babies all the way down to that. Think of that. He just said, that ain't going to happen. You won't do it. Now, next, he dedicated the temple, the Jewish temple, to Zeus and eliminated all Jewish worship. It's happening in plenty of places of the world already. Churches being dis dismantled. Uh, in, in, in Egypt, they're just going to kill the, the, many of the Christians in Egypt. Uh, he plundered and removed all the treasures from the temple. So he went to their place of worship. He's trying to dig out their heart. Now remember, the church building to us isn't so important today. I mean, it's good to have one. It's nice to have air conditioning in Florida. Could I hear two amens at least right now? Okay. Yeah, I knew that. The ladies really came out in that one. But why was the temple being destroyed such a big deal for the Jews? Because God didn't live inside them. Where was his presence? If you wanted to be in the presence of God, what did you have to do? You had to come to church because that's where the presence of God was. Aren't we blessed tonight? We are the temple of the living God. You say, well, I don't have to come to church. What's wrong with you? Of course, you're supposed to come to, there's a commandment from the Lord. So understand how that affected the Jewish people, the Jewish people. Now, 
Here, some history for you. I wanted you to put it because you'll see this. In December 167, time does fly, doesn't it? Antiochus erected an altar to Zeus, the pagan god Zeus, in the temple, offered a pig. Pigs are unclean animals for the Jewish people. On it. He took the blood and sprayed it all over the holy temple as a sacrifice to his god, Zeus. Now that's called the abomination that causes desolation. Now look what Jesus says about the future Antichrist and what he's going to do. Jesus says, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation. Now watch this. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus believe in the book of Daniel? How do you know? Read the verse. <laughs> so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the, say it with me, the prophet Daniel. Jesus believe it? Absolutely. He what? He put a stamp on the book of Daniel. Can I hear an amen? Well, I just kind of get in. People argued about that for centuries. Said, eh, it couldn't be in. It's too much predicting the future. That was written afterward. Daniel had nothing to do it. No, no, no. Jesus said, you're wrong. You're wrong. And he says this. Let the reader understand. Now, when you see that, you have to understand this abomination caused desolation is exactly the same thing the Antichrist in the tribulation is going to do. There's going to be a temple rebuilt and amazing things are going to happen. He's going to go in and do the very same thing. He's going to, he's going to go in and then he's going to say, because the Jews early on in the first three and a half years, they think he's maybe the Messiah. So he allows them to build a re-temple, but he goes in and, and sacrifices a pig and all kinds of different stuff and things. But basically what he does is he says, now here's the abomination that caused desolation. You worship me, the Antichrist says, because I'm God. And Jesus says, beware. That abomination is going to cause desolation. That's when the great tribulation starts and all hell breaks loose. Now look at verse 13. Then I heard a holy one speaking and another holy one say to him, how long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? The vision concerning the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that causes desolation, the surrender of the sanctuary and the trampling underfoot of the Lord's people, the Jewish people. And he said to me, it will take 2,300 evenings and morning. Then the sanctuary will be reconsecrated or reconstructed. I want you to underline in that in your Bible for a moment. Just that last sentence, you say, well, why should I underline it? Let me show you something. This is huge. Now, when Nebuchadnezzar went into Israel and brought all those exiles from Israel, Daniel being one, what did he do to the temple that Solomon had built? What did he do to it? He destroyed it. He destroyed the temple totally and brought all the instruments. And remember, that was at, that, that night where all the crazy, the writing on the wall, and they used it just to drink wine and all that. So there was no temple. Now, what is Daniel thinking when he just read that verse? He says, he says basically, uh, there, there is going to be what? The sanctuary will be reconsecrated. Holy again. You're going to see what that looks like in a moment. So the Jewish temple was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC. And then the Jews, including Daniel, went to Babylon. And Daniel hears something what? In the future, will there be another temple built? Okay. 
Did I say that or did the Bible say that? No, it says in the future, it's going to be what? Rededicated. Well, you can't rededicate something that isn't there. So there's going to be another temple. What do you think Daniel's doing? Hallelujah. He won't be there, but he's going hallelujah. There's hope. By the way, is there going to be another temple? There isn't a temple today. Is there going to be another temple reconstructed during the tribulation? Yes, there is. Now, why does God do that? For his people. And the very same thing is going to happen there. This is amazing as you go through it. So this to me was a huge key. By the way, this prophecy is written 350 years before the time of Antiochus. The plans already went to West Melbourne, to Palm Bay. Took that long to get them through the building committee. You guys know. All right. But they do get it through. Praise God. Now, here's what I want you to write. Because this is one of the huge to me, one of the huge parts of this chapter eight, the vision gives us confidence that God knows the future exactly. And it will happen just as the Bible tells us. Now, I said, Pastor Mark, I really don't understand all the revelation. I don't either. But God does. You're going to see at the end of this, Daniel doesn't understand this, but God does. You might be going through something tonight. You don't understand it. I was sitting behind the choir thing here. I felt like I was in the lion's den again. Right back. Can you see me back there? My face. I was almost going to do it like this. I'm still in there working my way out. Sometimes we don't understand what God's doing. Could I hear an amen? But he has promised to bring us out. So be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged tonight. So here is that, that amazing picture to you and me. Now, verse 15. While I, Daniel, was watching the, the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one that looked like a man. And I heard a man's voice from this calling, from the Uli calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. As he came near the place where I was standing, I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision, underscore these words, Vera, understand the vision concerns the time of the end. The time of the end. And while he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and raised me up to my feet. And he said, I'm going to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath, because the vision concerns the appointed time of the end. Now we see that twice. Daniel cannot interpret the vision. So God sends an angel, Gabriel, to do it. This soon fulfillment of prophecy was Antiochus. The thing that was happening first would be Antiochus. The greater fulfillment would be the Antichrist coming during the tribulation. Now notice carefully the time of the vision's fulfillment, the time of the end. And I'm going to talk to you about that in just a few moments. Now, verses 20 to 22, I've already explained all that to you. You can read it on your own. It's the explanation I've already given you as we work through it. Now, in verses 23 through 25, I'm not going to read that, but I want to tell you what it is. It's a dual description. Watch me. Everybody look at me. It's a dual description of the Old Testament Antichrist, Antiochus, and a kind of a, a comparison with the Antichrist coming during the book of Revelation. So it's comparing these two. Now, I already told you they should be similar because the one that's running it is Satan. He, doesn't, he knows his tactics. Who will it be against? 
mostly the Jews. Now, some differ toward the end of time because many Christians who, who become Christians during the, during, after the rapture, they're left here because they weren't Christians. They'll become Christians. They're going to be grafted in. So they're kind of like Jewish people at the same time. Now, you're going to see that. Now, this is a summary. And let's just go through it for a second. This is a summary. And watch how similar this is. Now, let me just remind you. John 10, 10. Satan has come to, let's say it together. Satan has come to steal. Come on. And destroy. All right, here, here's a picture. He, this is both, both the Antichrist in Revelation and the Antichrist here in the book of Daniel. He will achieve great power by subduing others. He, he walks into a room, everybody goes, whoa, there he is. He's the ruler. He will rise to power by promising false security. Initially, the false security is to the whole world. Eventually, who's the security to? The Jewish people. He's the Messiah. He allowed us to build our temple. He will be intelligent and persuasive. That's what the deception is. Satan's a great deceiver. That's why Jesus said, don't be deceived. Man, the riches, life doesn't consist in the abundance of riches. Well, I'm going for it. You're deceived. Understand. Next. He will be controlled by another. Both the Antichrist in, uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament are really Satan, demon-possessed these people and making it happen. Next. He will be an enemy of Israel and, quiet and require them to submit to his authority. That's what's going to happen. That's why after the three and a half years in the tribulation, the Jewish people are going to run for their life. Many people think they go to Petra, they're going to try to hide, whatever. Of course, many, most of them will be persecuted and killed. He will rise up in opposition to the prince of princes, Jesus. His rule will be terminated by God's divine judgment. Man will not do away with Antiochus, and man will not kill the Antichrist. God's judgment will take care of it personally. Will not the judge of the whole world do right? He's going to do right. And that's going to be the end of all of that. Now, so you can see that as you go through how powerful that is. Look at verse 26. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been given to you is true. So the angel says, what you've heard, even though you don't understand it, it's true. That's good for all of us today because there's some things in the Bible we just don't understand. The Bible says we see through a glass darkly, but we know enough to live for Christ. Now, and it is true, but seal up the vision for it concerns, watch this, the distant future. The first one, Daniel won't even know. But the second one, of course, he will never know. He'll already be in heaven. Now, the vision was not to be understood at the present, but it, consists, it concerns the distant future. So Daniel did just what he did. Think about it. He says to him, basically, it's been given to you, seal up the vision, because later it will be opened to people. Here we are thousands of years later. What have we done tonight as we begin this whole book of Daniel? We've what? We've opened the vision. Isn't that amazing? Daniel didn't understand. 
But we now have the Holy Spirit. We have history behind us. We have God helping us to interpret the word. And here we are, 2,000 years later. Daniel preserved it. The Bible was preserved by the Jewish people. And here we are tonight opening this. And here we can understand these truths about the future, not the past. That's already taken about our future. I put a wow behind that myself because I think that's fantastic. Now, here's what I want you to write. Vera, there is a distant future for everyone. You want to live with the end in view. You want to live with the end in view. See, go to the end. Where, where do you want to be? Notice, notice this principle, these words. Notice these words. This is distant future. It could be It could be as early as tomorrow morning for some of us. That's the end. And so you have to back up to today and you have to say to yourself, I'm going to live with the view and end. Remember, we've been trying to talk about the big picture. That's the big picture. Now, verse 27, I, Daniel, was exhausted and lay ill for several days. He must have been on prednisone. He had to have been on prednisone. (laughs) No, what, what wiped him out? What's he seeing about the Jewish people again? Does it look really good for the Jewish people? It looks terrible. He, 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 he's a Jew. He's saying, God, are you, I can see goods coming, but man, this is, can we bypass this or something? And he says, then I got up and I went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision It was beyond understanding. I rewrote that verse. Let me show you how I rewrote that verse. I, Daniel, was exhausted and lay ill for several days. Then I, Daniel, got up and said, God, I'm retiring. I can see you're in total control. You don't need me anymore. No, what did he do? What did Daniel do? The New Living Translation says it so crystal clear. Look at this. These verse. Afterward, I got up and performed my duties for the king. Wow, when I read that, that jumped off the page for application for me. Daniel went back. Remember, he's serving whatever the king is in this time, back in four or five. Uh, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar. He went back and just did what he was supposed to do. Can I say this? Daniel did what Jesus tells us to do in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus gave all kinds of parables, and often he used this word, Occupy. The word occupy is not a static word. I'm just going to occupy this seat. It's a word. It's actually a verb that's active. Would you write this down tonight? Every Christian in the campus, look at this. Christ follower. Occupy, be active, serving the king until he comes back. Now, who is the king? It's not Washington, D.C. It's the king on high. His name is Jesus Christ. Now, that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Until I'm gone, I'm to be serving the king. That's exactly what Daniel did. There is a distant future for everyone, eternity. Today, we were challenged by Pastor Mark to live with the end in view. If you've accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, be about the king's business. Contribute your time, passions, talents, and possessions to his calling in your life. 
He has a plan in store for you that is far greater than any other. Will you commit every area of your life to His work today? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. How does Daniel's example of devotion to the Word and prayer better prepare us for life today? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to adopt the practices of Daniel in their own private time and see the blessings that God will bring. This is the most important part of your life. Daniel believed that theory, tested that theory, and was a living, breathing example of that theory being true. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Daniel. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world